0: I'm Alex, and I'm going to be natural.
1: I am Dr. Dozier, and I am going to be super. Yeah. And I am Dr. O, and I'm going
2: to be the junkie. He's Dr. Dennis, and he is a junkie. I am Dr. Kevin, and we are... The Supernatural Supernatural Junkies.
0: Junkies. Well done. Well done, boys. Hello everyone, welcome to Supernatural Junkies. I was just taking a bite of my protein bar when my when husband I pointed to see here. Right. He's like, go, 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 go. Anyway, for those of you who um haven't heard my voice before because I haven't been on the past few episodes, I'm Alex.
2: And she is super.
0: Right. And we are here today with who are we here with?
2: Dr. Dozier. Doctor Dozier. Doctor Dennis. Doctor well, Dennis. I'm telling you, we got the crew. And who are you? Oh, I'm Dr. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo-hoo-hoo>.
0: <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We have a great episode today, unlike the previous few that I wasn't on. Yeah,
2: no, they just were- Just kidding. They, was, were, they were great. They were
0: lackluster. No, they weren't. They were good. <laughs> I edited them.
2: I know they are. She said they were good. So they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're good. <laughs> well, we're going to be jumping in to some more Harbingers, and uh, we'll we, we get to the end of this, and we'll decide what it is, but certainly we are in a month of, of Pride Harbingers, Right. <laughs> how do you guys feel about this whole month of pride that we're in right now? Wait, <laughs>
0: isn't pride a sin? Sorry, mouthful of protein shake. Um, isn't pride What are you saying? A-
2: <laughs> is <laughs> it pride maybe we a should sin? give her soft foods right now. Soft blenderized foods.
0: <laughs> Baby food.
2: Baby food. Mm-hmm. When well, you think about, you know, what are those seven deadly sins, Dr. Dozier? Isn't, is
1: pride one of those? Oh, pride is one. A haughty spirit and Pride and haughty spirit, oh
2: yeah. Yeah, That's right. And and which number is that in that series? Does anybody remember?
1: Right at the beginning. I think that was
2: number one sin that he named right off the top. So you're going to see, we're going to be talking about a Harbingers today again. Uh, Before we get going though, Dr. Dennis, you had a verse to share with us. I, I do. I do.
3: Getting I all biblical with
2: it? No, you know I've always had to drop a
3: verse, right?
0: Bring it back.
3: I feel like I'm reverberating, reading. You reading, are reverberating because I put reverb. you on echo, echo, <laughs> echo. <laughs> you should make it all biblical <laughs> sounding. Uh, from First Peter three, verse ten, and a few others. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and let his lips. From speaking deceit. And let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the
2: face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Hmm. So God is against evil. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. You know, we were, our verse this week, it was kind of interesting because we were talking about. You know, the passage where it talks about love, you know, that love is patient, love is kind. And then we get to this this part of there where it says that it doesn't rejoice in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. Mm-hmm. So in other words, love is involved in the war, the battle between truth and evil. And and it is specifically taking sides. That it, it is against evil. It, it is not happy when evil is winning and it but it jumps up and down for joy when truth right yes is 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 winning and so mm-hmm. dr dennis um i actually have one ended one of those sermon series i'm doing right now with his favorite verse my is,
1: favorite
2: verse yes he, he says it on here every other show because i think he forgets that he did it the other oh, show what did i say <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Talking smack.
2: I'm smacking him. He Damn, fell whoa. for it in his, his face. I totally have dementia. I
0: was
2: like, "Damn, okay, Kevin, calm down. No, I totally have him going. But it's the passage where he says because, Evil. because they lost their love. For the truth, truth yes, that's all it means, yes. God sends this strong delusion. And I believe... Oh, yeah, that, that
0: does sound familiar.
2: That does mm-hmm. sound familiar <laughs> to all of us <laughs> many,
3: that
0: before?
2: many times. But mm-hmm. it's such a great verse, and I can see why you lock on that one, because mm-hmm. this is exactly love is involved, love is dis- displeased when evil is winning, mm-hmm. that love is, is engaged in this war, it is celebrating when truth wins. And I believe that that's what this podcast is really all about. To celebrate the truth, to yes. be understanding that there is a war, yeah. and uh, war can can be something that love enters into, because it understands the people we love. Their So when we think about harbingers, harbinger is what, Dr. Dozier? What would you say that is?
1: I would say a harbinger uh, is uh, an indicator or something that precedes something that is to come. So it's a forewarning. It could be a forewarning. Of what's to come. And the truth
2: is, you know, I mean, there's forerunners or harbingers of heart attacks, you know, and all kinds of different things. So we talked about how if you just know basic history, and you know, you see what's happening in America. When I was a young man, you know, they talked about the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, right? And it really showed... how so
0: long ago he was a young man. Yes. <laughs> well, that it was, was like the
2: intellectual book, right? But <laughs> what does that book say? It says that all roads lead to... Rome. Rome. And what happened to Rome, folks? It fell. It fell, it fell and it imploded, right? And then you look at your whole Bible. It's one generation after another... Of Of Christians, okay, or of Jewish people, right, that were following God, and then what happened? Three, four generations, mm-hmm. they fell away, mm-hmm. right So we kind of ran from there into one of my favorite um books called The Harbinger, and of course, that's by Jonathan Kahn. And remember, you know, whenever I don't know if you guys experience this. But, you know, I love to listen to theologians. I love to study the Bible. And then when you listen to a rabbi, uh, especially a Messianic Christian Mm -hmm. Jew, uh, and he starts to talk about the Bible, you see it from their perspective and you're like, there's just there's just something about the culture that just seems to bring new things to light. And I think that's the best way to say that about Jonathan so when he covered his first book, um, you know this really made a lot of news. People really did look at this. Great book. It was a great book. Yeah. Um, it kind of, in a lot of ways. I remember uh, when we, I told my wife, I said, you I'm "Tell listening. the
0: story last time."
2: So long story short, <laughs> here's what Jonathan. Keep my track,
0: folks. That's what I do. I
2: here's told what you we missed, you, Alex. <laughs> see, I was out of get to control. Work. Get to work. Trying to get back to it. So the harbinger is also the occurrence of the Isaiah nine ten effect, and what this is is it's a verse in the Bible, and it says the bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Okay, now this is a, is something that happened to ancient Israel, the ten tribes, and they basically got attacked and their their guard was down and he parallels this to 911 and as it turns out our country has followed this exact effect and again we list Isaiah 9:10 but it's really 9 uh, all the way through uh, verse 14 that really parallels all of it so the first thing that happened was this breach of protection that god has his people and he allows okay that hedge of protection to be dropped because mm-hmm. we're not following him. In other words, mm-hmm. there's there's a discipline. And it turns out that the people group, the same people group that did this to America, are the same people group. They were actually the founders of terrorism in the world. And then, of course, we have the bricks are fallen. That's the number one thing that people remember about 9-11. And then, of course, mm-hmm. there's the fact that there's this tower and that there's, there's this vow. And this vow is ultimately um a vow to come back bigger better stronger faster we will rebuild and then there's this this gaze- builds back better
0: that's who's, right who's uh oh that's kind of timely Who so then that?
2: so then this is what's happened and then comes this vow not to turn around and trust god right to realize that only he could have allowed this 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 drop in this hedge of protection sure. But then it's not just that they make the vow, but now bricks aren't good enough, right? Now we're going to do what? We're going to make a better something. And so he talks about this gazette stone, which is a hewn stone, which is like granite. And this actually was exactly what happened in our capital as well, that they got a gazette stone. And it says that the sycamores were cut down. Well, as it turns out, that got a lot of press because they say the very thing that protected the church, which is actually where the first prayer was prayed after our government was inaugurated, our uh, first president was inaugurated, happened at that church. And the thing that protected that church was a sycamore tree. And that sycamore tree, of course, lost its life. So then we have this, this tree, but that tree isn't just any tree because that tree represented, um, what was the name of the, um, it was a Balfour Agreement, but it was actually, that that tree was how they ended up naming the Wall Street, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. And so there's a big connection between that exact tree and the foundation of the economic um, cap- capabilities that we have in the world today. And uh, so and that was called that agreement because those people met under that kind of a tree, and then that's that street that they met on would later become Wall Street. Right. And so that's kind of the... Read the, the book the get
0: the, some of the loose associations that he's throwing out here. I know yes. we're going through it quick because we've gone through some of this before, but the book is worth a read or listen.
2: Yes, well, we listened it to it. We did an episode. Anyway. Yeah. We did a whole episode about this, which is why we're blowing through. But guess what? The same kind of tree was knocked down. Guess what kind of tree we replanted with? The same kind they did, which was what? a cedar tree, which is a mystery of the era's tree. And then suddenly we realize that our leaders... Multiple leaders, okay? The first one was was Vice President candidate Jonathan Edwards literally got up, okay? And when he spoke this in front of America, he actually quoted this verse. Mm -hmm. He quoted it, of course, from his perspective. He quoted it because he thought this would be encouraging. But reality is when you read what it says there, they did this in arrogance.
0: Defiance, yeah.
2: And defiance. Like
0: a little child. like Which is certainly pride,
2: Right. So we got yeah. up, and in our pride, in our arrogance, we said exactly the same thing. And this was also repeated by Senate Majority Leader Tom Daschle. And Obama would later, was we'll yeah. find out today, would repeat this same exact thing. Yeah. The same key words would come out in some of these things. So we see these nine harbingers happening that shows the same pattern, even the same trees are being knocked down the same types of of things are being knocked down and the same kinds of things are being replaced and then our leaders are saying exactly the same thing the same people group did it yeah. and so these again are again you could call them coincidences but the reality is god is clearly trying to to bring this out the
0: parallel but you could say like oh maybe it's a coincidence but they're literally taking the stone from the same quarry yes that they took The initial stones that were not, that that building that was knocked down, they're taking it from the same area. Like, there's just no way. That tree has roots that were from that same place. So these, I mean, the connections are astounding. And so it it is definitely worth a read. Just because it's more than just like, oh, it was the same tree as, that would be one thing. But having the same roots that are from that place or having the stones, this was knocked down. But then taking that gazette stone from exactly the same quarry that they took it initially, I you know thousands of years ago. So, crazy.
2: It is. It there's no way you can't be moved by that. And yeah. of course, this book really did move the world um, and a lot of Christians started to see these parallels. But what did what is this really? If you break this down, it gets back to we had something bad happen. And instead of turning to God, what did we do? We turned to our pride and arrogance, which are false gods. Right? And it's this turning away from God that actually is what the problem is, because God wanted us to repent. God wanted us to trust him. And if you think about the way, if Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light, the way we are supposed to live with God is in a trust relationship. And you can see how difficult times, COVID, okay, nine eleven, caused us to well up with pride mm-hmm. instead of repentance, And that is, this is gonna be some of the key stuff that's gonna come back around, you know, as we go into the Harbinger part two.
0: But the Harbinger is telling you, like, it sounds grim, but it's saying like, this is really about hope because now there's a period of time which we can correct ourselves and um, we should be turning back to God, right? And that, to me, that's the bigger story. It's like, there's time, there's time, right? Like, we have time to correct this. Um, We can get right back on path. But it, it is a limited time, right? It's you well, know. how long well, ago was nine
2: eleven, guys?
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that's uh, twenty two years ago. Wow. Right? This, uh, this September, but I it's we are going the other way. That's right, right, We're turning. <laughs> yeah, and, we turned. And, well, well, that's the whole thing. I think I think when you come into when you said pride, yeah, and then uh, you know pride uh, comes before the fall. So we know that, and I know Dr. D has got a Good few one. words to say he's, about he's that. He's fuming but on thing, something over there. Yeah, yeah, I know he is. I see him. Um <laughs> got some I, steam I, I coming I see off that head. I see him in the my steam. peripheral vision over here. Um, <laughs> I see the, the <laughs> Um but, but we have gone the other way. We're, we're, but that also sure. correlates with Romans 1, how, how we worship the creation rather than the creator, you know, and mm. how what our society is doing. Now you're saying w- w- we can sit here and we can say yeah these are warning signs and so forth. If you're if you're looking for them, yeah. If you're not looking for them, you're, you're not going to see them. And then when the day of calamity <coughs> comes, like, like 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 it states in, in mm. Proverbs one, um, God gave them all these warnings, and then and then he said, well, come, they're going to laugh because mm. I, I gave you all these warnings. Yeah. You know, and now now you will now you're going to suffer for it. So. Mm. Dr. D, any thoughts? I was trying to give you a little segue there. On
1: pride. Yes, <laughs> pride segue. Uh, a lot of thoughts on pride. Number one, uh, and everybody, everyone may not agree with me, and I'm not speaking of here at this uh, gathering, everyone may not agree with me, but uh, I choose to agree with the Bible in what I'm about to say. <coughs> Pride and proud, prideful—those are words that I prefer to not have in my vocabulary. Uh, I hear people try and uh, modify it. Okay, they give an adverb to it. They try to modify it. Uh, they may say, "I'm godly proud," and uh, I believe Dr. Dennis and I were talking about that. And Dr. Dennis was humorously saying, "Well, where is that found in the Bible? Godly proud, you know." Mm-hmm. And uh, something is said in God's word about this particular mindset, and that's what it is. It's a mindset. Uh, Pride, proud. Because it's when you are looking at your own achievements, uh, something that you achieve within yourself. Uh, Many people, and this is a touchy subject, their children may accomplish something and they say, I'm so proud of you.
2: Mm. I
1: I think one thing that we forget to say is this. I thank God for what he has done for you or what Mm. he has done through you. And so we go straight to, I'm so proud of you. I'm just proud of you. And God is left out of the equation. So now in Proverbs 16, 5, this is something for people to really think about, for believers to think about. Uh, Proverbs 16, 5 reads, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Oof. Everyone wow. that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And that word abomination mm. is saying that you are detestable to God because pride itself is a mindset. It's a condition of the mind. Mm. You Act out on pride but pride itself is mm-hmm. a mindset and that's what we're seeing as, as Dr. Cruz said we'll talk about that more in this uh, particular podcast but you're seeing that acted out more and more uh, I'll just I'll just stick with our country for now I believe it's happening around the world many different places but you're seeing that happen more and more in our country today and pride will no doubt, if you do not repent of it, will no doubt cause you to forget God and you'll become a God to yourself.
3: Yeah, Mm. absolutely, absolutely. And there's a couple of verses that that go along with that. I mean, one that when you were saying pride, I was thinking like, and I sent you guys this the other day, um, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all the things in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. I mean, I think that that is is so true. And and there's many warnings in the Bible about pride. There's another warning that God gives us in Ezekiel, uh, chapter 13, um, verses 13 and 14, says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, I will cause a stormy wind to break forth in my fury, and there shall be a flooding rain in my anger and great hailstones in fury to consume it. So I will break down the wall you have plastered with untempered mortar and bring it down to the ground so that the foundation will be uncovered. It will fall, and you shall be consumed in the midst of it. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I mean, a lot of warnings in Scripture that, that where God's giving us a chance to repent and come back to him and not suffer the consequences of that pride.
2: Well, and remember here, Jonathan uses this verse to show you that God's intention with his, with his wrath, okay, his fury, if you will, is to break down the wall. Hmm. What's your wall? What are you depending on? What is your security? God is trying to to show you that there is nothing, there is no wall, right? Think of the matrix. There is no spoon, right? (laughs) What's your spoon? (laughs) So you think about this, and now if he's gonna break down the wall, why is he doing this, okay? It's to, to go back to the ground, down to the ground of where reality starts. He wants to go back to the foundation. And that's what Jonathan does in this whole book. He uncovers the foundation of America and how this all goes back to this country was dedicated to God. It's a very different situation than the founding of virtually every other nation. Okay, And so he wants this to happen because he is trying to uproot. He is trying to plant. He is trying to uncover mm. Okay, he doesn't want us to be consumed. He wants us to repent and remember who we are, remember our identity. And you can see how far away America has really drifted from that. And so that's why, you know, this whole reasoning and, you know, do we have to draw, say that this exactly is happening? We don't have to go there, although you can certainly have a great conversation about that. But you can see that this is happening, isn't it? There's no way that this doesn't apply to us. And so as you jump into the Harbinger Part, part 2, Part 2, if I use my best French, bon <laughs> <clears throat> So okay, that wasn't good, Alex. what's he see I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought he might break into don't his Inspector make me Clouseau. Start with my
0: insp-
3: oh no! Because you, uh, you guys passed through Canada or something? <laughs> right. So how's it going?
2: Yeah, we we I, did we we <laughs> did go to Canada. Canada, Canada, but not Montreal. I don't know what he's
0: doing. There was no Quebec there.
2: So you know, he he goes into the book and he actually kind of gives some of the story of way about how he kind of got this whole thing rolling again and he tells the story uh, about how a little girl comes up to him one of his book signings, right? And all of a sudden, she says that something will be waiting for him, right? And so he uses this story to show you that he's going to jump back in and God has kind of drawn him back into this saga, if you will, that there are more harbingers to really come and that he shows you that, that a judgment, okay? Um, comes to the gate and this is really important and then he's going to turn around and show you how New York City okay is and was the gate to America originally and you'll even see that the foundations for America were very much started in New York City and so he also brings up a lot of different things for example um, You know, he draws this parallel between towers, right, and the towers that went down and the Tower of Babel because God had to what? Dr. Dozier, why did he bring that tower down, the Tower of Babel we're talking about?
1: Basically, because of, from what I can see in the Scriptures, and the Scripture is true, uh, he says that whatever man sets his mind to do, his imagination to do, he'll be able to do it. And so he brings this down man tries to build a name for himself instead of depending upon God, and that's basically what we see in a nutshell.
2: So then in Isaiah uh, 2.11, do you have that one for me, Doc? (laughs) He's supposed to read all these. I I, I was actually, I was trying to follow you, but I I do
3: have it, I do have it. There it is on the next page, no wonder I couldn't find it. Isaiah 2.11.11, the lofty looks of man, shall be brought low and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and Jehovah alone shall be exalted in that day.
2: You know, another verse that Christians need to remember is that God laughs at the wicked. <laughs> he he just can't even understand. And folks, if you're throwing up your heads and you don't understand what's happening right now, guess what God doesn't understand either. He he thinks this is funny, right? Because how in the world can the evil when you think about who God is and his power and his might and his goodness, how in the world are they somehow plotting to overthrow God? Well, right? Psalm 2. Exactly. So he starts out this book, and there's, I'm just going to blow through a few of these things, okay? Um, he's going to show you that 9-11 was part, that date was part of our history in the world and also but specifically for America, he says that New York was discovered, or the ship that arrived at the island on September 11th, that was Henry Hudson. He landed it on Manhattan Island. That was on 9-11. He also says that the D-Day, we technically entered the war, declared ships for Germany in our waters, was also September 11th. And that was really when we became and would later become the superpower that we are today. Uh, the foundation for the Pentagon was started on 9 1941. He also says that that there was a 9-11. I didn't fully understand that one. It was uh, some type of connection to when Israel was also destroyed, was 9-11. He says the Romans destroyed Jerusalem on the same day as the Babylonians. Um, 60 years later, 1941, uh, September 11 was the exact day of the attack marking the beginning of the end of America because we have basically um, gone backwards, right? This 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 defiance has really uh, come in. The name of the ship was the half moon that came into this island. And this same ship in the mid-80s, he talks about how that ship actually reappears because they rebuilt it. And that also uh, was was a harbinger because... That was the exact ship that came in on 9-11, and that sailed in the harbor when the real 9-11 happened. So you start to see there's all these things about 9-11. The fact that it happened on that day was prophetic. It goes back to the foundations of a lot of the things that really uh, happened in the world today, and most importantly, they're important to the very history, the foundation, the roots of our success as a country. So um, this is kind of where he starts out the book. Okay. Um, One of the things I remember him mentioning is that they found a paper in the wreckage of nine 11. Okay. Now we remember if you remember what the cross that they found, but they found a piece of paper there and a guy took a picture of it, but they wouldn't let him go into the rubble. And guess what part of that? What was in that passage? It was a part of Genesis that was talking about the Tower of Babel. You see what I'm saying? And you can see here, I don't know what it is about towers and men's egos. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Towers and men's egos. How does this correlate? Something to do with big trucks, too. I don't know. Definitely big trucks. <laughs> you know, my wife, we did have to lift her truck a little bit. Just a little. Anyway.
3: <laughs> no, but I'm talking about men's egos, you know. No and doubt. No doubt. Well, you know, I think bigger, better, build bigger, better. Well, we we tend to associate symbolically
0: the high places, mountains, Mm -hmm. tall trees, um, those type of things. We tend to associate that with where the divine dwells, right? Where God lives with heaven. And so, man, you know, I guess the towers could represent man's desire to become a god, right? Because they're building this tower this altar for themselves like look at how amazing we are because we can reach where you're at you're not so special i think maybe you know for me that's what i think of
1: i would i would uh venture to say once again we can look at that area of pride because Mm -hmm. remember those who are building these buildings they are building tycoons these guys are builders and many of them will aspire to build the largest building, the tallest building. Uh, we can even say it could be some competition in building, uh, leaving a name back. When you go back, and I won't you know, get into all of those different people, but when you look at some of the, uh, as you would say, some of the great uh, builders in America dating back to maybe the 19th century, some of these individuals, when they were doing certain things, it was all about. It was always about uh, outdoing the other, outdoing the competition, and it gets. Uh, you can say it gets pretty vicious in, in, in what they're doing. But the whole thing, I, I do believe, all of it uh, is rooted in pride. And when I come around a second time, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say why. Even looking at going to Sodom and Gomorrah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I don't think I know the next passage that he really brings up. It's a pretty big passage. We won't be able to read it all, but it's Deuteronomy 28, verses 3 through 13. And in that passage, um, you know, these are the last words of Moses really to Israel. And honestly, if you just literally go from number 1 all the way to 13, and this is a pretty lengthy um, lengthy part of Scripture. Honestly, it's one blessing, blessing after another. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you upon high above all the nations of the earth. And I mean, he goes on for 11 more verses just talking about all the blessings that God promises us we can have. And then we get to the end, and it says, 14, it says, do not turn aside from out of the way I give you today, the commands, to the right or the left, following your other gods and serving them. And you can see we have begun to serve other gods. Our, we trust in our military. We don't trust them. We trust in our economic strength. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow his commands I give you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So the very place that God blessed you, will be the same thing that God turns around and allows what? He doesn't have to even take this from you. He's going to allow your enemies to take this from you. And you can see we really are set up for this implosion to really happen. So, Dr. Doji, you got anything to say about that favorite
1: verse? Uh, yeah, if you you notice that, brought that up, these blessings, overtaking you, they'll overtake you. In other words, they'll reach you. But then he also says, as uh, Dr. Kevin, when we get to the 14th verse, is these curse, 14th verse, these curses, this, these, this calamity and what have you, uh, this will also reach you. Uh, surprisingly, uh, there are about 54 verses to cover that. <laughs> I think Because I think in that chapter there's about 68 verses, but there are about 54 to cover that. All these things that will, will come upon you. But the beautiful thing is this. God is telling you exactly what you need to do as an, he's telling Israel what they need to do as a nation uh, to remain blessed by him. Uh, I believe what we've missed it even, and here we go. And I'm usually going to go there. Uh, <laughs> I'll, be where are you where going, we, I'll be where we've missed it in some of the churches and with some of the pastors and some of the people that they bring in to minister, uh, They'll minister a word, then they'll point people out, and they'll go to Deuteronomy 28 and says, God says you'll be the head and not the tail. God says you'll be above and not beneath. God says you'll be a lender and not the borrower. I'll take all mm-hmm. of those and, and ask the question, how many of you in here own a bank? mm mm-hmm. Banks lend. Okay. Uh, how many of you in here of yourself mm-hmm. happen to be a nation? Mm-hmm because he's speaking to the nation as being ahead and not the tail. Speaking of the nation as being above other nations and not beneath. Right, the
3: context of it.
1: And because what has happened, even in the teaching, you have lifted up pride in the mindsets of people Mm -hmm. because there are things they want and they don't realize that God is talking about doing something corporately for a chosen people. And, and, And so I think that, well I don't think, I know that that has been missed to a great degree And because of that, uh, the church, in many instances, does not see itself as a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom with natural bodies. But we are part of a spiritual kingdom that is sitting here here for a temporary time period uh, in an earthly kingdom. We're in this world, but we are not of it. Right, we're citizens. Right, according to John Mm -hmm. fifteen, he's. Mm He's, he's, he's brought us out of it, okay? Mm-hmm. But we, we live here, we live here, and, and, and if we're just going to talk about ourselves as individuals, then everything that we do will be based on being like the world instead of being an example to the world. And we mm-hmm. ourselves will, be caught, caught, will get caught up in the same pride that Israel was caught up in.
3: Uh, yeah, I think like, like, when you look at that, you know, chapter twenty-eight, and like you said, they, 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 the list of curses are much twice yeah. as long as the list of blessings. But I, I think, you know, Israel was an example for us, for and for especially the, the body of Christ. But it's it's a precept, right, a principle of God that these these are here. That if you do this, you'll be blessed. You did it, but you're like you're saying, He is talking to the nation, and in America. Um, we were de- a debt-free nation. Mm-hmm. We didn't carry $30 trillion, $33 trillion in debt and all this other stuff. But since we've turned our back at, on God, what, 40, 50 years ago, really bad, <laughs> yeah. um, we are suffering the curses, the, the consequences of that.
1: And I'm glad you would say that when you said Israel be an example because there are people who will read Things in the Old Testament and see what's happening there, and say, "Well, that was specifically specifically for Israel." My reply on some of the things that I, my reply is really because uh, it also says in God's word, "The wicked shall be turned to hell." Okay, and a nation go away, a nation, and that speaks of other nations beside Israel, the heathen nations, the nations Mm -hmm. which forgets God, Mm -hmm. which are not aware of God, which are not mindful of God. Mm -hmm. And so God, who is ruler of all, and he is sovereign, Mm -hmm. he actually expects all to come to know him and humble themselves before him. If I might say this, uh, I, I sometimes hear people say, and I, I, I've heard people on radio, on television, podcasts, whatever, and they say, "Well, the sin of Sodom wasn't really homosexuality. The sin of Sodom was pride." <laughs> no, you can't stop it there. Pride was a sin, and I can. T- I've, I just turned there. They're coming from Ezekiel sixteen forty nine, where it reads, "This was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom," and this is when. Uh, God parallels, he's going to parallel uh, Ephraim and Samaria, Ephraim, another name for Israel, Samaria, the capital of the Northern kingdom, that this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her, was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination, committed uh, detestable things before me. So here it is. Pride itself, Mm It is a sin, mm-hmm. but it leads you mm-hmm. to act out. Okay? Amen. I believe mean, that would be your, your verbs when you're yep. acting it out. It leads you to act out other things, that you, the things that you have said in your mind. Right. And, and so pride is the catalyst. Mm-hmm. Then your body and your will... Mm-hmm ends up ends up adding to that it's like pride is the influence and then your body, will that end up being the catalyst mm-hmm. that causes you to do what you do mm-hmm. so yes their sin was uh, uh, their sin was immorality they had a pl- they had a plurality of sins it appears that their major sin was immorality and when a person goes on to say that the sin was or some would say hospitality or the sin of Sodom it was it wasn't it didn't fall because of this. It fell only because of pride. You're not really you're not paying attention to your nouns, your verbs, your adjectives, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pride is something that is that is built up in the mind,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then you act out on it by committing acts of sin. That's right. Okay? Oh, that's right. And so that's so that that's so very important is- for us. Again, I believe that is what is. I don't. I know that is what is happening in our nation today. That yep. is what's happening today, Doctor Cruz. I, I'll come to that later because.
3: I he's mean, coming back to it. He was he was going though. I mean, he, had, so, he had it going there. But but pride
2: is what ignites the flesh. Yes. And so this is what God's trying to show us in this book in the same way because He's saying, I need to knock down your walls so yeah. I can get to the foundation and show you how this started. So 9 11 was wasn't just literally the place where we had our first church service after they were inaugurated, the first president. Right. This is when our country was started. This is where it was founded by God. That's the church that it happened in, folks. But guess what else happened on 9-11? We talked about they arrived right on that ship the Thatcher's Island, and guess who was there on that ship? It was John Winthrop. And what did he say? This is the foundation before the foundation. He mm-hmm. says, For we must consider that we shall be a city upon a hill. Now that's referring to your Bible, right? Right. That, that, that's we're supposed to be, this city on a hill, the eyes of all people are upon us so that we shall de- but if we will deal falsely with our God in this work we have undertaken and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byline through the world. Now that's exactly the parallel to what? The 9/11 effect, the Isaiah 910 effect. That's exactly what was said to ancient Israel, that they would be made a story and a byline. You see, so we have all these great blessings and we have enjoyed them. We have an entire generation that has enjoyed them and they've begun to hate them. We live in the best country in the world and we have an entire generation that hates our country and hates the fact that we actually have you know, abundance. And so, again, he goes also in that speech back to Deuteronomy 30 where he talks about behold I set before you life and death blessings and cursings and you can see now that we really have gone away from that if that makes sense and that's what trusting our government is that's what socialism is that's what communism is is trust your government to take care of these things for you so you know this is why it does it does go back to 9-11. 9-11 9 11 was a day of 11s. The verse that was the pariah that was supposed to be read that day was also a, a, an indicator of of judgment, and it was the 11th verse. And so we have this 11 was actually one of the uh, one of the numbers for that flight. So the other thing he brings out when you bring up the Isaiah 9 10 effect is he actually the the Septuagint actually used instead of wall it uses tower. So that's why he continually parallels that right. So it's real important that, that this could be a tower that we're talking about that was actually brought down. But when you parallel uncovering these foundations, right, and you see how we've departed from them, now let's get to the withering. <laughs> because, folks, we had a tree that saved that church, but it died in the process. And what did they call the new tree? They called the t- tree of what? Hope. Whatever happened to that tree of hope, folks? Um, they don't know why, but it withered and it died. They planted a bigger, better, stronger tree. And what happened to the tree of hope? Because that hope was devoid of who? It was devoid of God. They, def- they, they did that in an act of defiance, see, and you start to think about what else was going on in the world. And this is how, what is our foundation for this family, you know, this, this country? It's the family. You can see that the first thing God did was create men and women. And then he married them, right? And then they had children that we are all part of a divine family. And that's why, you know, God's, uh, you know, God's got this family. And so that's why the Supreme Court, what did they start with, Alex? What? What's the first thing they did to destroy God's kingdom here on this earth? The family. They went after the family. Yeah. They went off to the family. Mm-hmm. The first thing they did is they killed their children. The second thing they did yep. was they destroyed marriage, mm-hmm. and now they have made it illegal. We are the only country in the world, okay, that it is illegal for you to somehow say that somebody is a man or a woman. That's according to the Supreme uh, Court
0: birthing person,
2: right? <laughs> uh, Really? They don't yeah. know what it is. The, the Supreme Court is not so supreme, is it? Yeah, right. Well, and, and, and this is where he goes back to Israel, and he talks about... Um, well, what happened and, with Israel's judges, right? Well, that's exactly <laughs> it.
1: Perverted justice.
2: Yep. So he talks about how child sacrifice was also prevalent in ancient Israel, okay? And... Um, but I, think they,
3: I think historically and, I'm not, and, I'm not a, and I am not a historian, but I think historically it's prevalent in a lot of the kingdoms that have fallen, not only just Israel but also in Rome and, and, and Greece and, and so forth and homosexuality too. So there's a lot of this that that we're seeing in America and that we that Israel was the was, was the first and they were given the commandments and so forth and they disobeyed and they were the example but the kingdoms that followed Israel afterwards that have fell also practiced this, the same sins that caused them to fall too.
1: Well, if you, if you look at that, when God, uh, you know, we go back to Abraham and God chose them, the 400 and so many years, about 430 years that they would spend in Egypt and God would bring them out, mm-hmm. mighty hand. And when God brings them out, that he gives them his commandments. They are to become a peculiar people peculiar is simply saying that they ought to be his purchased possession and they ought to be different from the other nations so we, we see in a couple instances i believe in leviticus i believe it's 1144 and and uh somewhere around leviticus uh chapter 19 verses 1 and 2 god tells them when he says walk thou before me and be thou uh he says what he says you shall be holy as i the lord your god am holy Then he tells Moses, Moses, speak to the people and tell them, you shall be holy, is I the Lord your God, am holy, your Hebrew word, Kodesh. And and that particular word is saying that what you're going to be uh, holy is to be, you're going to be separate. You're going to be separate from those people. In what way? You're going to be pure. In what way? Like me. So he's saying, you're going to be pure like me. So in calling these people, he's calling them once again to be in his image and his likeness, and then he told them what they were not to do. They were not to be like the other nations. Mm-hmm. And so, what they ended up doing is they weren't the originals to do this. They copied the other nations as they were around the other nations. They began to copy the other nations, and therefore they would receive because the they would receive the judgments that, as you brought out earlier in Deuteronomy twenty-eight, because they were like those nations, which will receive. Uh, the same things, and once again, what brings that about is pride. They end up looking at something, uh, something other than God. Even when we went earlier, when you went over to uh, Isaiah, and I believe when Isaiah nine, uh, God is is showing them before that that He is their deliverance, but. They're not trusting in God. They're trusting in people. They're trusting in other nations and other leaders. And God says, okay, this is the result. I'm still going to send my son. I'm still going to send salvation. Unto you, a child will be born. A son will be given. But this is what's going to happen. Because you're being like them, this will be the result. And those are the things that we're seeing today in our nation. As you were saying, is repetitious. It goes on Uh, through the centuries and it's gone on through the millennia and now at this particular day and age, we're probably seeing it worse than it's ever been.
2: Well, we have to take responsibility too for something else that's happening Mm -hmm. because a leader of a country is really the one that has a lot to do with determining the fate of a nation. And so we have elected these people to, to do this. Now one of the things that Jonathan brings out is that when they built this new tower, right? And there's a word that was written on this new tower. These are the highest words in the land and they were put there by Barack Hussein Obama. Okay? And what are these words? Eight exact words. Guess how many words when you break down Isaiah 9:10, guess how many words are actually there? Eight words. Okay? And this is what it says. If I can find it. <laughs> um, where did it go? I better pause it. Oh, brother. <laughs> so we actually had to pause the podcast. <laughs> for <What>? sure enough, <laughs> Dr. Dozier, for some reason I didn't. I deleted it from my notes because I can almost remember it. But Dr. Dozier found it. What were those eight words, Doc? We remember. We rebuild we come back stronger. So this was the president of the United States,
0: build back better,
2: putting that on a beam. That's the highest words in the land. That's a proclamation of defiance of America against who against God. And this is where you start to realize that the people that we have put in power, they're up there pretending they pretend. How can anybody get up and pretend and say they're a Christian but thinks eight-year-olds should be able to have sex changes. Because God, this God they believe in, is so dumb, he's put them in the wrong body. That's the kind of, you know, tongue and cheek God that our leaders are actually serving. And it's it is despicable. It's an abomination. Yep. And that's really where you can see this. So this this is why the fate of a nation can be determined by those leaders, and this is why this prophetic autopsy of what happened to ancient Israel you can see is happening here today. You know, and then the other part that was happening in Israel was about worshiping, you know, false gods.
0: Celebration everywhere still to this day, right? We, we haven't stopped, but I guess for the past. Um, I don't know if it's every August or May, but I between May and August, the Empire State Building in New York puts up a giant image of Kali, which is the Hindu goddess of destruction. Um, and, and death. And, and Right, and death. And it's supposedly in conservation of endangered animals. It's supposed to be some sort of reminder. Um, but Kali was all for the murdering, right, of children and... <laughs> I mean, because that is the goddess of destruction. It's just wild to me. And they project this giant image um, so that everyone can see it. And it, I mean, how's that not a celebration?
3: Yeah, she's called the Black Goddess. All goddess things evil.
0: Yeah. yeah, but we're uh, but here we go celebrating those mm-hmm. ancient uh, demons again, right? Here they are. Hey, let's everybody let's put it on one of our biggest, most prized buildings in our city. For everyone to see. It's huge. You guys need to look that up. Just type in Kali Goddess um, Empire State Building. The images will come up.
2: And it's spelled K a K a l i, Right. You know, and the other thing that jumps out that he brings out about that event is that the pariah or the scripture that was appointed to be read that day was Exodus 2040. And it says, take care for yourselves not to make an idol of foreign images of any animal on the earth and that presentation, of course, is talking about animals, and that's why they supposedly chose Kali, but here it is, this is what they did. And that same scripture also goes on to warn about judgment you know, that can happen.
0: But we have statues. In Detroit, there's the statue of Baphomet, right, in front of the Satanic Temple. They have one of the biggest churches ever there, but there's also a brand new Satanic Temple that they just opened up in the last few years, I think, in Germany, and I know there's one in New York City for sure, and they're has been one in Detroit for a long time. But
1: go on, Doc. Going back to, uh, as Alex was saying, she's bringing it out, and then going back to what uh, Kevin was saying. When these things happen in a nation, they have to... They have the approval of the leaders of that nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these these particular things can become as you would say, national religions or a national guard, and I don't mean the national guard as far as military is concerned, but the God, the small G-O-D, as I will say, Mm -hmm. of that particular nation. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing a great influx of idolatry in our nation. Mm -hmm. We can look at people on the streets and what they're doing, but you need to listen to what the leaders are saying. Because the leaders around the nation are endorsing these things that are taking place today, when we get things that are coming up, and you have a leader say that these things are an example or some of the most honorable, and we know that these things are abominations to the Lord, then it tells us where that nation is, and it tells us, or it also tells us that if if uh, uh, if 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 a leader or should I say, how does that go? Yes, if a leader hearkens unto lies, all of his servants are wicked. Mm -hmm. That means all that do his bidding and all that do his doings or or all who support him, Mm -hmm. then they are just as wicked as he is. If a ruler hearkens unto lies, Mm -hmm. all of his servants are wicked. And then just to add to that, it it tells you what will happen to the wicked. The wicked shall be turned to hell and a nation which forgets God. So in order for a nation to forget God, a leader has to endorse that. Yeah. And, you know,
2: I'm going to go back and say a couple more things about that tree of hope. Not only did it die for mysterious reasons, right? But he really brings out how the day that this seemed to happen um, was really you know, the idea of the leaves withering, right? And and how the branches, the things that actually brought about, you know, life to this country. And so you have to go back to this idea that that look at how many millions of children we have killed. Right. How is
0: that not a child sacrifice? How is that
2: not a child sacrifice? So
0: even you know, they try and disguise abortion, right? As well, you have things you want to accomplish, you have goals, you have things. How is that not the same thing that they were doing way what? back when to gain favor to, right. to with their gods, right? So if I if I sacrifice, how is that not exactly the same thing? You want to get further in life because you feel like this life is going to somehow this that you created is somehow um, that you're carrying is going to obstruct your accomplishments that you won't be able to. And how many times do we hear celebrities say, "I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't aborted my baby." <laughs>
2: Well, and that is the argument it's they're the using. the
0: Same thing. Steven they're
2: Nixon they're seeing. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, Michelle
0: Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of actors and uh, actresses that have said that. Like, oh, thank God, I got that abortion.
3: We you know it's coming well, out also. Too. I'm sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I know he wants. He's got a point. He's got a, uh. um, that the the amount of pedophilia mm, in yep. Hollywood, and and yeah. uh, it's disgusting. Yes. So You talk about child sacrifice. That's sacrificing children there. Yes, very you know. very
0: quickly, um, Jim Caviezel's movie, Sound of Freedom, is out. It's really important as Christians that we support yes. this movie. It's about child sex trafficking, but we need to show Hollywood that we will support these things by putting our dollars behind it. That's the only thing they hear. So if, if you can, please go out and get tickets to see this movie. Rent this movie. It's really important because um, it's a true story about Tim Ballard, who goes and rescues children from sex trafficking. Um, but they're Christians. Anyway, just check it out. Very important. Well,
2: when we say it's child sacrifice, Satanists are using their religious heritage to prove that they have a history of sacrificing children, and they believe that it is their religious right to to have abortions. They're actually making these arguments right here in this country, and right? So, and they're telling
0: women, if you do it at home, if you take the abortion pill, if you do it at home, catch it, right? Um, they have like this whole ceremony. It's it's it was going yeah, around don't Instagram, it,
2: but it's on and, there in
0: TikTok. I don't. I'm sure the whole thing is on how there. How to but,
2: sacrifice your abortion? Yeah,
0: totally. How to sacrifice? How to make your abortion a sacrifice? What about what? The,
2: what about this what?
3: parading of children around this perversion? I yeah. mean, oh, I, I yeah. feel like vomiting.
0: I mean, it's so sexualized. How can you? I don't know how people can see some of this stuff and not realize like that's what it's all about. Like the sexualization of babies, the sexualization of children, very, very young children. Oh, We're, it's
3: not grooming, Alex. It's um, not grooming. Uh, um, when but then, Elton John came out against the grooming law or something. I mean, these people are they debased mind. Yeah. Romans one.
0: Oh, yeah, I I, I don't I don't know. There's no other way to see this. It's so disgusting. Yeah, and why Why did the children need to be sexualized so early? Like, they're having conversations with children that they have no concept of understanding. That's the adult's warped mind trying to influence that child and constantly soaking them in that deprivation. It's horrid. And we should all be so pissed.
2: It's satanic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can see, good is uh, is got to stand up. And that's what this is all about. And I will tell you, the other thing that he covers in the book is how the coronavirus may be prophetic because it, it talks about the crown. And he explains how that affects America. But he also talks about how it's really dethroned America. And you can see what's happened since COVID with our debt, what's happened to our country, what's happened to our economy. This has been the greatest financial catastrophe in, in human history. He's talking
0: about return of the, the yeah, gods.
2: Right. Yes. And so yeah. the last thing I'm going to say is this, when we think about where does all this lead, what is the only solution? It is when my people were called by my name, humble themselves and pray. That's the first mistake we made, not in pride and arrogance and defy this, this, this discipline that happened to our country, but to turn around and repent and go back. And uh, there's something called the return. And this was, of course, authored by uh, Reverend Kevin Jessup and, of course, uh, Jonathan Kant. And they had a beautiful thing. It's just about a year and a half, two years ago now, uh, that they had on the Capitol. And so you see, this is another return that they're talking about. But if you start to see that the harbingers have been going on now, okay, for, you know, a long time over 20 years and we haven't repented. What does God do when you don't listen? Well, I'll tell you what my dad did. My dad dad said, well, talking doesn't work. Then we're going to do something else. And you're not going to like it. And, you know, those of us that are older, we realize that our parents disciplined us because they loved us. Mm-hmm. And that's important for us to realize that, you know, we have some discipline coming in America. And we're already seeing that happen. We're seeing these blessings being taken away because we have abandoned God. Right. And that's what the Harbingers are. That's what this podcast is about. We are trying to say we need to repent. But when I repent, I will tell you that God builds me up. Absolutely. God turns around and says, That is who you are without me. But let me tell you who are who you are with me. Mm-hmm And then he leads us to a new place, a new place where we can stand. Mm -hmm. We can stand together and we can stand against evil Mm -hmm. and we can stand for truth. And that's what happens when God comes into your life after repentance. Repentance is the most beautiful thing you can happen in your life. And I can say that honestly, it's been the source of everything that we've ever done successful in my life. And even Reagan's speech, the very first one, he talked about how our our humility, right, was going to be the success of America. And so this is what those, those of us that are mature in the Lord, we understand that this is a relationship we have to get right with Him. If we don't get this right, and that's what America has got, that's why we need to return return to the foundations, return to what America stood for, return to those ancient vows that were made here in this country by our leaders to get rid of these leaders that are continuing to defy what God says, you see? And that's why we're in this situation.
3: Yes, make America
2: godly again. Make America godly again.
3: So that was the rant. That's the real MAGA. Right. I do have one thing to say, and I think, folks, I mean, speaking to the church out there um, we have to remember that we we don't wrestle against flesh and blood you know the as the scripture says in ephesians 6 finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done
2: all to stand. So much about standing, okay. Anybody else wanna lead us with the, some, some, some
1: last minute words? Yes, that was beautiful, uh, Dr. Dennis just brought out. And I want people to understand this very clearly. That isn't speaking of what comes against you on the outside. I sometimes hear people say you have to remember who you're fighting against. It's speaking of what you are fighting against in your life, in Mm. in spiritual warfare. That's what's coming up against you. And so you wear it so that that does not overtake you. Because so many people have not worn that. So many people have not put on the armor of God, trusting God. Those things, all of those things that you saw, principalities, rulers of darkness of this world, okay, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, has taken their lives over and has taken them in the direction that it desires to take them. As believers, we have to stand fast. And for those who are are not in Christ, and you've been listening to this podcast, you can come to know him too. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a change. From self-reliance to God-reliance, that takes us from a state of pride to a state of humility. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. I humble myself, I'm saying that I do not know what's best for myself of myself, but I'm going to know what's best for myself by yielding over to God. So I I would like to make that offer to you today to surrender your life over to Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He resurrected for your justification. Mm -hmm. He did what you were not able to do for yourself What Adam messed up for us, Christ restored for us. And all you have to do is trust and rely upon him. Surrender yourself over to him. Don't just say you believe in God, but yield your life over to God. And I believe that he will change things. That's the same thing that we need for our nation. Amen.
2: All right, God bless each one of you guys. And um, Alex, you want to pray us out? No. No. Yes. (laughs) We voted. Don't
0: we have professionals here?
1: What?
2: We have a professional. Yeah.
0: Come on. You got this. All right, Lord. We thank you. Uh, We just pray that open ears, open hearts hear this message, Lord. And we thank you for the opportunity to share your message. We love you and amen. You guys have a blessed week. Amen. Adam.
2: Hey, this is Dr. Kevin again talking to you about pro-tandem and it's why we've changed many things in our office to revolve around an anti-aging program. Not only did it help me boost my thyroid, which is really kind of an untreatable thing when it comes to nutritional, but we also saw my testosterone go up. We also saw my cholesterol go down. And of course my blood pressure go down. We've seen remarkable things happen in multiple people. This is because there's more science behind ProTandem than almost any product on the market. The biggest thing, oxidative stress. Just like the silver in your house tarnishes, so does every single cell in your body. But when you take ProTandem, you can reverse that process, not by taking more antioxidants, but by making more antioxidants. And of course, we're talking about the super antioxidant, glutathione. Not only does glutathione function as an antioxidant, but it also functions as an anti-inflammatory. And this can help with a lot of autoimmune disorders. So go to the junkies.lifevantage.com, the Tri-Synergizer under anti-aging products.